What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Early Read Week 13 Best Bet Show, final show of the regular season. Going to get this one out right before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope it's a happy and healthy one. Everybody has fun with the last week of the regular season, spending some time with the family. Going to be a super short episode. I also didn't recap some of the plays given out with Eddie Walls from the Tuesday show. Eddie was an awesome guest with Right Angel Sports. This is one of the premier sports better. So was an awesome guest and was really excited to have Eddie join the show to help cap off the regular season. Last week, as I mentioned, not as strong of a week from yours truly. Went two and six minus 4.4 units, but year to date, 59, 48, and four plus 5.43 units. Going to hand out a few more ads. Going to recap what I shared earlier this week on bets and then also give out one last money line underdog round robin see if maybe there's some spots we could key in on and uh, maybe some undervalued uh, dogs that are live in my opinion so before we get to that let's first do some injury news and updates gonna go kind of fast on these I'm just gonna go from rotation order down Nebraska is gonna be starting Chuba Purdy uh, in the finale against Iowa, no strong opinion on this one. Honestly, we're, we're getting a Nebraska minus three. I'm not sure I could really get to that number. I mean, the total is 26. I think Iowa is still going to be able to turn over Nebraska. I know it's probably going to be a popular spot to back Nebraska. Maybe they do win. They they need one more win for bull eligibility under Matt Rule in his first season in Lincoln. Can totally see Nebraska putting out a big effort against Iowa, who already clinched the Big Ten West and will be playing next week in the Big Ten title game. I just, I can't get to this number uh, with with Nebraska, so it's a pass, even if Chuba Purdy might be the best quarterback in the room for the Cornhuskers. Oklahoma, been sleepwalking for uh, the better part of a month, it feels like, but Dylan Gabriel got dinged last game. Jackson Arnold, the highly touted freshman, wouldn't say he struggled, but not as good. I mean, all around just a dismal effort from Oklahoma, who closes like a 25-point favorite in Provo last week. Really needed a lot of help to get the win outright. Uh, Gabriel is expected to be back, as is Jaleel Farouk, who had a, a scary, I'm pretty sure it was a concussion, but he was down after a big shot, neck injury or some sort. He's expected to play per Brent Venables, so we shall see. That's a Friday noon start in Norman, so we'll see. TCU needs that win to get to bowl eligibility. Utah State, Cooper Laga got hurt. Mac Hillebrand is also hurt. Might be Levi Williams, the former Wyoming quarterback. Pretty uh, poor passer. So could be down. They're going to play New Mexico, who lost Dylan Hopkins during the team's shocking win against Fresno State, which knocked Fresno State from the Mountain West title picture. Uh, Hopkins expected to be back. Dampier great runner could maybe open this up uh so maybe they go dual quarterbacks down the stretch in the finale we'll see utah state also playing for ball eligibility at five wins you're gonna see that this week when you ingest college football sports betting content this team needs a win to get to ball eligibility play on this team keep in mind doesn't always yield a victory i don't know if there's necessarily an edge against the spread it's just something to keep in mind that maybe some teams get up for these games, some teams don't, but it's not a guaranteed, like, blindly bet every team at five wins. This is still a 
pretty poor Utah State defense going on the road to New Mexico, a team that has been able to hit big plays all year. So just keep that in mind. Air Force, another Friday game at Boise. Huge Mountain West title implications. Air Force has now lost three straight. Zach Larrier, the starting quarterback, he is off the depth chart. So he's done. He had a leg injury. Uh, Michelle, the running back, he's been out. He is also off the depth chart. So it's going to be Jensen Jones, pretty limited. They went, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, freshman quarterback, I believe, uh, more of a passer. He got some time down the stretch of the UNLV game. So we'll see how Air Force looks to attack that Boise State defense. It's not winning in uh, for the Mountain West title game. There's a lot of permutations. If you listen to the Mountain West preview and you also listen to the Tuesday show, Eddie and myself broke both the Mountain West games with title implications down. Um, We'll we'll see how that shakes out. But Boise State, a six and a half point favorite at home against Air Force with their backup quarterback. Penn State, Drew Aller hasn't practiced yet. I'm not sure it matters against the corpse of Michigan State. Michigan State uh, just playing out the season. I think Penn State, especially on defense, should be able to limit the points and there will be enough of a run game there for Penn State but Drew Aller might not play in the season finale all right let's move to Saturday some of the bigger games Michigan Ohio State Sharon Moore Jim Harbaugh said Henderson starting left tackle should be good to go starting wide receiver Roman Wilson should be good to go after leaving the Maryland game with a concussion we'll see I mean this market continues to shift towards Ohio State pinnacle hanging out uh, three shaded towards Michigan. Total sitting at 46. Going to break that game down a little bit further, but there's been a lot of reports about J.J. McCarthy's ankle. Got rolled up on at the end of the Penn State game. Little gimpy. They've asked Harbaugh about it. He's downplayed it. We'll see if that plays a role because McCarthy might be forced to use his legs and start to air it out. We'll see if Michigan is able to establish the run like they were against Penn State and Maryland, or is this all like one big ruse to maybe uncork some stuff against Ohio State, similar to last season, where I myself had questions and McCarthy answered the bill three touchdowns of 45-plus yards. So we'll see how McCarthy's ankle is looking. Maybe that's, you know, I I think maybe the offensive line and potentially McCarthy's ankle is generating a lot of the love towards the Buckeyes. Florida State, Florida, pretty widely reported, but I'll hit quickly. It's going to be Tate Rotomaker for Florida State. Knowles lose Jordan Travis for the year after a gruesome leg injury. I I still think it's irrelevant to this handicap against Florida, but I think if Florida State wins out, I still think they're in the playoff. That's my opinion. Florida is going to start redshirt freshman Max Brown. Uh, both offensive tackles might be injured and out for Florida. So Florida State, six and a half, moving towards seven in the swamp. 7 p.m. kick there. Duke hosting Pitt. Noon kick in Durham. Riley Leonard had a procedure done last week on his toe. That's been bothering him. They said hopeful to be back for bowl. So think it's going to be the Grayson Loftus show yet again for the Blue Devils, a team that has really hit the skids down the stretch of the season. Uh, I have a Duke under 6.5 win total. I would be very happy if they could somehow drop this game to Pitt. Uh, Duke uh, skated by Wake Forest, should have lost that game with Loftus. They rally and nearly beat UNC in double overtime, and then they lose at Virginia back home season finale. They have clinched a bowl, so not sure the expectation there, but the offense has been decent. Actually, the defense has fallen off quite a bit, so we'll see how Duke does. They are a six-point home favorite against Pitt, 
who went to Nate Yarnell last week and is going to stick with Yarnell, got pit their third win of the year against Boston College. Moving down the rotation order, uh, Rice, Florida Atlantic, we still don't know anything about JT Daniels. Uh, Head coach Mike Bloomgren said as soon as he's cleared, he's going to play. Hasn't been cleared to date, so not sure we're going to get clear stuff there. Rice is a four-point home favorite. Utah, Colorado, Shadur Sanders. I don't think he's going to play. That's speculative on my part. Uh, Dion said during the week he's still feeling it. Uh, He left the Washington State slaughter uh, in the second quarter. He... Uh, was in street clothes after the game. Meaningless game at Rice-Eccles. Colorado not eligible. I personally don't think Shadur is going to play. I just think what I mean, he's the most sacked quarterback in the country. I just don't know if it's worthwhile to trot him out there, given the low stakes of this game. Next up, Arizona State, Arizona. Jaden Rashada practicing with the ones this week for the Sun Devils, an offense that has really just been uh, a Scatabo offense, the running back. He's done some wildcat quarterback things. I mean, Arizona State has cycled through four or five quarterbacks at this point, including Rashada. Definitely the most talented, still very raw, going up against an Arizona defense that has been absolutely nails all season. Arizona still playing for their outside hopes of a Pac-12 title game. Arizona is top 10 in EPA per rush. So this is still going to be a run-heavy attack from Arizona State. They're probably going to struggle. Uh, We spoke about this game on Tuesday with Eddie. I like the under in a sense moved. Maybe it bounces back though once Rashada is confirmed in. He definitely presents some more upside to the Sun Devils offense. So something to keep in mind as we move closer to Saturday. That total is currently sitting at 49.5. Arizona's dropped to a 10.5 point favorite after sitting closer to 11, 11.5 during the week. Washington, Washington State, Dylan Johnson, running back, who is fantastic for the Huskies. He's really come on of late, especially uh, in some of these big games where teams have looked to take away Michael Penix in the passing game. Johnson has showed up quite a bit, ran for 200-plus against USC, was clutch against Oregon State on the road in the rain, was in a walking boot after what was said he got stepped on. So maybe it's more like swollen than actually like a, a sprain or anything. I don't know. I, I think he's expected to play. So just something to keep an eye on. Maybe if it's like he's limited in this game, Washington is 16-point favorite against Wazoo. Uh, but yeah, so Dylan Johnson, a little dinged. Don't think it's anything super serious there. Fresno State mentioned them before. They got played out of the Mountain West title picture with a loss as, I think it was a 23-point favorite against New Mexico on the road. Mikey Keene was out with a concussion. He came in in the fourth quarter. He was available in case of emergency, and Jeff Tedford uh, broke the glass and hit the big red button. Came in, didn't really do much. Keene is expected to go, though, in the season finale at San Diego State. Brady Hoke's last game before he retires. Retires, fired, I don't know. But uh, Mikey Keene expected to go in this one. Texas A&M. 11-point dogs at LSU. This game is probably an exhibition to rack up some more stats for Jaden Daniels' Heisman case. That being said, it's probably going to be Henderson, the third stringer. Johnson has been day-to-day for the past three weeks, it seems like, so not sure he's going to go. Maybe he plays. I'm a little skeptical. I think it's probably going to be Henderson. 
the third stringer going against LSU's Steve of a defense. So, yeah. And that should just about do it for the injury update portion. Again, a lot there. Definitely keep an eye on some. You're going to see some players maybe sitting out, looking a red shirt, looking to hit the portal early. It's the end of the season. Stakes might be lower for some of these teams. So, uh, obviously, their game's on Friday. But, you know, leading up to kickoff, you might see some reports come out from people on scene. And maybe that could get you an edge as we draw closer to kickoff. And the injury portion of the early read has been sponsored by Profit Exchange. If you're looking to load up your accounts heading into Thanksgiving, heading into the Christmas season, we got bowl season, college basketball's picking up, NFL playoffs along the way, NBA season's in full swing, NHL if you're into that sort of thing. Make sure to load it up at Profit Exchange. Profit Boost They alert you every single time you get a free money opportunity by hedging against real sports books. Follow at Profit Boost on Twitter anytime there is a free money opportunity. Again, that's at Profit Boost. And for a no sweat first bet of $100, use the code early read when you sign up. That is E A R L Y R E E D, early read, to sign up for Profit Exchange and get a no sweat. First bet up to $100. Available in the Apple and Google Play Store. Must be 21 plus and present in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Going to run through the bets for this week. It's going to be a little bit of a smaller card. Edges are drying up. Just not sure. There, There's as much there. Moving forward, bowl season. Going to have a bet on a bunch of games. We'll definitely do some episodes uh, to make sure every bowl is covered. We do not uh, judge bowls. The Myrtle Beach Bowl is as important as the Fiesta Bowl. So that will be uh, typically a very profitable time of year. But again, these show bets have been very good to us so far this year. So let's run through a few. Mention some of these on the Tuesday pod with Eddie. So make sure you go back and listen for full in-depth analysis on that. But let's start. NC State plus two is what I bet you could get two and a half. Just not sure you could favor UNC on the road given what they've been doing of late. They have allowed 30 or more in their last five ACC games. And you're starting to see Brennan Armstrong and this NC State offense come on. Whether it's MJ Morris or Armstrong. I mean, the offense is really starting to play its best ball down the stretch. A team that was written off for dead at the end of, you know, what, September has suddenly thrust itself into a nine-win season. NC State has been incredible. I mean, UNC on the mean t- in the meantime has been dropping games to uh, you know, Clemson, of course, is a difficult opponent, but they had to go to double overtime against Duke's third stringer. They just are not, they uh, lose to Virginia at home. Meanwhile, North Carolina State, defensive playing great ball. They're off back-to-back road wins at Tech, at Wake Forest. They beat Miami at home. They beat Clemson. Just playing great ball. So I, I like NC State, honestly, to win this game outright. I think Armstrong, his final game in college. Also, NC State, last two years, have been able to navigate UNC uh, winning these games. NC State won last year with a third-string quarterback in Ben Finley, who ended up transferring to Cal. I think this Wolfpack defense can really pose some trouble for UNC. Yeah, I, I, I like NC State. Carter Finley under the lights last game of the year. Team SMO now off a four win. So give me the Wolfpack, plus two and a half. Old Dominion, minus two and a half. 
uh, went back and forth with Eddie on this one, and I personally think that both teams are coming off a really brutal end-of-season schedule. Georgia State already has six wins. They are bowl eligible. ODU, a team that I played win total under on. I think that they were a bit of a luck box early in the year. But maybe this is just what this team is, and they are just a you know closer to average some belt team than I gave credit for. ODU, one win away from a bowl after upsetting Georgia Southern on the road in pretty impressive fashion. They were ahead pretty much that entire game. So ODU, small home favorite. I particularly like this one because Georgia Southern, a team that runs the ball at a top 25 rate in the country. ODU's defense has been nails all season long. Top 12 in EPA per rush allowed. So I expect Old Dominion to really keep a stranglehold on this Georgia State offense that is really based around its run game. Darren Granger getting him going downfield and then able to take the top off the defense. Meanwhile, Georgia State team is 120th in EPA per play overall. I just think this ODU team, I was late to the party, but hopefully better late than never. And they're able to finish the year with a home cover. Another thing I like, Old Dominion, 14th in tackling grade. They are fan, they are top 10 in limiting explosive plays. This Georgia State team is kind of an explosive play funnel. You look at the other side, Georgia State, 119th in tackling grade. I think ODU can maybe separate here and get a win to get to bowl eligibility. So I'll take ODU minus 2.5. UNLV, you could get minus 2.5. I bet 3. I... I think UNLV is the better team. I know San Jose State is peaking at the right time. It's more a matter of I think UNLV's offense can run on San Jose State's defense, and I think UNLV's defense can dictate the line of scrimmage and put San Jose State behind the sticks. San Jose State, 130th in rush defense grade. UNLV is top 15 yards per carry and top 20 in explosive rush rate. I think UNLV is going to run here. I think they're more dynamic. I trust their defense a lot more. I know you're going to look at San Jose State's metrics, especially strength of schedule, and say, well, San Jose State, they had to play at Toledo. They played Oregon State. They played USC. I just think when push comes to shove, UNLV 57th in EPA per rush across the entire country. San Jose State 126th in EPA rush on defense. So it's two high-powered offenses. It's two dynamic quarterbacks in Cordero and Maeva. I'm just going to trust the home team. I think they got it done. I think they cover. Uh, give me UNLV. I'm tracking the three. You could get cheaper than that. So UNLV. Uh, I've seen some love for the San Jose State side. I see that and they've won five straight. I just trust in UNLV here. Next up, UTSA plus three. There are three and a halfs in the market. Like Eddie had mentioned, it will go to. I, uh, I still played the three. I, I think this game is going to be dictated at the line of scrimmage. And I trust UTSA's offense and defensive line to handle Tulane on the opposite side. To me, UTSA, especially on defense, they are top five in sacks. Tulane on the other side. The offensive line is sturdy. They've only allowed 19 sacks on the year, but it's more the team's inability to convert scoring opportunities. They are 109th in red zone touchdown percentage. They are outside the top 100 in terms of EPA per rush and explosive rush rate. I just think that UTSA has a higher ceiling on offense, and I trust their defense just a little bit more. As I mentioned, UTSA, top five in sacks, 37th in success rate allowed, and 19th in havoc rate. That's not nothing. They are top 30 in yards per carry allowed, so I think the defense is going to be able to do its work against a two-lane team that 
is really just not putting up uh, impressive performances, in my opinion, against pretty poor competition. I know they got to 24 against FAU on the road, a good defense, but you go through their prior results. Uh, Tulane just not, to me, maybe they're just easing into it and they know that they have the conference title in their sights. But 24 against a dismal Tulsa defense, 13 against ECU, put up 30 against Rice on the road, 35 against North Texas, uh, and their poor defense. But those were a two-point game for Rice, a seven-point game for North Texas. Just not winning with margin like you'd hope. They've underperformed all year against the spread. You know, at UTSA, they have won six of their last seven by double digits. Just absolutely blitzing teams. Granted, again, poor competition, but you're seeing the team live up to that expectation as a big favorite. So to me, I like UTSA. I think they're going to win this game outright. So I'll take the Roadrunners, meet me to uh, go to Yeoman Stadium and knock off the defending AAC champs. Keeping it moving here. Let's go with the, the game. First half under Michigan, Ohio State. Mentioned this on the show. This is going to be my look. I wanted 23. I got 23. Then you're going to see, I, I'm a little wary of the full game under because you do see these teams really, first of all, it's a kitchen sink game. It's basically for a spot in the college football playoff. And you have seen these games get very haywire from a scoring perspective. I know this total is low and it makes complete sense as to why. But you do see these games push into the 60s quite a bit. You do see... You know, maybe one team starts going for it, being a little bit more aggressive. Just to run through the last handful of games, I'm going to go back just a few years just to give you a gauge of how these games finish out. Last year, Michigan wins 45-23. Year before, Michigan 42-27. Then Ohio State went on to run 56-27, 62-39, 31-20, 30-27 in double OT, 42-13, 42-28, you get the gist. These games do end up high scoring. That being said, Michigan plays at the second slowest tempo in all of college football. Ohio State is not in a rush either. They are outside the top 80. I personally believe this game starts as Ohio State's games have started, and even Michigan against Penn State, but Ohio State against Notre Dame, very buttoned up, very slow. Ohio State against Penn State, very buttoned up, very slow. I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. I think you're going to see both teams play the field position battle early on. I think first half under is the way to go and wait for kind of that first game-changing play to come before the fireworks start coming. And you see maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. gets more of an emphasis in the passing game. And maybe J.J. McCarthy looks to test Ohio State secondary, similar to how he did last year. So I think both defenses could dictate the terms. I like both defensive lines more than both offensive lines. I like the first half under 23. That's pretty widely available in the game. All right, and let's do one last Moneyline Underdog round robin. Five teams. Some of them I've hit on already, so won't go as in-depth. But let's start. We'll go in chronological order. Give me TCU. I'm giving FanDuel odds out here, but TCU plus 315 at Oklahoma. TCU... Needs the win for bowl eligibility. I said it doesn't always matter, but I do think in this case it does kind of matter, especially when you're going up against Oklahoma, who is just not playing 
good football at the moment. Team, sure, it blitzed West Virginia the week prior, but also skated by against BYU. Probably should have lost the game. Lose Bedlam to Oklahoma State. They lose Kansas. They skate by UCF. That's all after Red River where their market peaked. Now you're laying a big, big number here against a TCU team that is showing fight. They played Texas tough. They smacked Baylor. Lose at Texas Tech. A competitive game. A big effort there. Uh, I like Josh Hoover. I, I think he actually, I mean, sure, he cooked Baylor, but I think he has some variance to him that can maybe have him outperform expectation. Maybe, listen, maybe they get smoked by an Oklahoma team that is rock solid, but Oklahoma, it's been their rub all year, in my opinion. They can't run the ball. Uh, if this is going to be the Dylan Gabriel show, I'll take my chances. TCU, the team is top 50 when it comes to yards per carry allowed. They allow less than four yards per carry. They're pretty stout inside the red zone, top 50 in red zone touchdown percentage allowed. Wish they generated some more turnovers. They are 118th in turnovers gained. But I think I, I think that maybe this game could get a little wild given the state of Oklahoma. Listen, outside the top 100 in explosive play rate allowed. Uh, Bailey could have a big day. I think Hoover can maybe chuck this around the yard and maybe, maybe they're live here. I, I don't know if Oklahoma's getting up for this one. Yes, they have uh, some permutations get them into the Big 12 title game, but I actually think Oklahoma State is just going to get in here. So I think Gimme TCU goes bowling with a win on Friday afternoon. Next up, mention this one, the injury update. New Mexico plus 176 against Utah State at home. Utah State likely on third string quarterback Levi Williams, who has pretty much no reps this year. New Mexico they are a big play funnel. They got gashed over the top, but the offense I've liked all year. I've played on this team throughout the season. Uh, Brian Vincent has really called just a great offense. They're top 30 in EPA per play, and it's not like Utah State's defense is anything to call home about. They are 99th in success rate allowed, right around the national average when it comes to EPA per play allowed. Uh, outside top 100 in explosive play rate, they really get gashed, similar to New Mexico. So, just not sure we're going to see <clears throat> Utah State with a third-string quarterback travel against New Mexico, who, if it's Hopkins, I think Hopkins has played well at times, and Dampier also seems to give this team a little boost, especially in the run game, uh, where Utah State, they are a little bit more sturdy, but I think they can maybe get gashed here. So give me the home dog in the season finale. Saturday, noon, I, I need Pitt to win. I think they can win. I think there's a case to be made. They are still, despite their record, the better team. Give me Pitt plus 188 at Duke. Duke kind of ending their season with a whimper. I think, obviously, Loftus, he has looked a little bit more acclimated the last few weeks. But look at those defenses he's played for a sec. Played Wake, whose defense sucked, and he almost couldn't throw a forward pass. UNC, who I think has emer- has found its footing as a below-average ACC defense. And then Virginia, who's one of the worst defenses in the entire country. Now you're playing Pitt, where the def- the defense was never the issue with this team. The team is top 20 in sacks, top 15 uh, success rate allowed, really good against the run, 3.74 yards per carry allowed. Uh, they are right, around, right above national average, 56 in yards per play allowed. And I'm not going to say Yarnell is anything special, I don't know why it took him so long, uh, Narduzzi so long to get to Yarnell, but maybe there's a little bit of pop here. 
uh, the team has actually been nails when it comes to scoring inside the red zone. Top 30 in the country, scoring on 68% of their trips inside the 20, scoring six, that is. Maybe this game is just a rock fight that Pitt could generate that turnover. Pitt could, you know, maybe leg up a little bit here and uh, get to the finish line. I know there's low stakes and maybe they get smoked again and Duke is a is a more physical unit than Boston College's, but I'll take a shot on Pitt. I think these two teams are closer to even where they're at right now. Next up, NC State went over this one. I just think they're the better team at home, peaking at the right time. The defense has showed to still be elite, and Drake May uh, didn't play so well against NC State last season. Uh, again, they lost to a third-string quarterback at home, North Carolina. Drake May was 29-49, of 49, 233 yards, and a touchdown. Basically neutral where it comes to total yards in that game. I just think you could see NC State grind this game out, and I just like what the team is doing. They're peaking at the right time. Nine-win season would be unbelievable with this team where they were about a month ago. So give me NC State to win at home, plus 120. And then let's cap off Pac-12 after dark, the final Pac-12 after dark game ever. Cal, plus 285 at UCLA. Maybe Chip Kelly keeps his job. Maybe that game against USC was just it for them. Maybe that was their Super Bowl, a season that went off the rails for UCLA after their offense fell off a cliff due to inefficient play. Got Cal coming in. I mentioned uh, bull eligibility. I don't know if it's always applicable. I do think it's kind of applicable here. We ran through it really quick with Eddie on the Tuesday show. Cal, maybe this is Justin Wilcox's job he's coaching for. They're five and six. Lost a lot of heartbreakers throughout the year. They probably should have beat USC. Probably should have beaten Auburn. I, I, I think Cal, I know they're going up against a really stout UCLA defense, but Cal's offensive line has been nails all year. 35th in the country in sacks allowed, 12th in line yards, 35th in yards per carry. This has been a pretty explosive offense around Jaden Ott. The defense obviously is not what Justin Wilcox signed up for, but the team does limit explosive plays. They're top 30 in terms of explosive play rate around. They are top 10 in terms of turnovers generated. We've seen Garbers. I assume he gets the nod here. We've seen him make some turnover-worthy plays as well. Just not sure there's a lot of motivation on the UCLA side. After blowing out their crosstown rival, USC, I think Cal is kind of live here. And it's the last Pac-12 after dark game. I feel like let's end it with a with a chaotic one. Cal has played in like some just absolutely ridiculous games all year. So give me Cal to cap off the round robin. So to recap all the best bets given out this week on the show, we got the underdog round robin of Pitt, Cal, NC State, TCU, and New Mexico. And then our early read plays, last one of the regular season, we got NC State plus two, UNLV minus three, ODU minus two and a half, under 46 and a half in Air Force versus Boise State, and Michigan versus Ohio State first half under 23, and then UTSA plus three against Tulane. Guys, if you listen all season, Hopefully UNLV wins and now that Mountain West title future could potentially get home. But that being said, thank you all for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Bowl coverage and conference championship coverage still coming in full force. But seriously, it's been a great year. First year doing this on my own. And you know, for everyone that's listened, uh, the loyal ones and also the new ones that have come in as the season has gone on, I hope I've made you some money. I hope you have enjoyed 
the content pumping out here on college football. And yeah, excited to keep growing the podcast. So until then, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Reed Wallach, the bet stamp at RW33. And you can find all the early read plays in the podcast description below. Talk to you guys next week.